Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. The heart of it is relationships and getting to know people. And how is it that you know that you are doing good work, you know, that it's working? Mm. Uh, that's, <laughs> it's, uh, well, first and foremost is, it's, it, at least in my own experience, let's just make it very personal. Uh, when you know you've touched somebody's heart, um, that they know that they matter and that they're loved, um, that tells me it's working. The Congregation of the Mission has had roots in St. Louis for a long time. In 1818, the first Vincentians, named for St. Vincent de Paul, came to St. Louis, where they established a Catholic community of priests and brothers dedicated to serving poor people and marginalized communities. And in the last two centuries since their arrival, Vincentians have been part of local history. For instance, the first bishop of the Archdiocese of St. Louis was Bishop Joseph Rosati, who was a Vincentian and the namesake of St. Louis All-Girls Catholic High School, Rosati Kane. It is also part of the city's landscape, both in the form of existing churches and, especially, one that's new. This Saturday, Vincentians will dedicate a new mission house near the intersection of Interstate 44 and Grand. And here to talk with us about how that new building will be used and what needs it will fill for its Catholic community and the community at large, Father McDevitt, welcome to the program. Thank you, Elaine. Appreciate it, and thank you for the welcome. Before we talk about the new mission house on Lafayette, let's learn about who St. Vincent de Paul was. Mm -hmm. What are the needs to know about Mm -hmm. him, Father Mm -hmm. McDevitt? St. Vincent de Paul um, lived in the 17th century. And he was, um, came from peasant roots, and uh, his desire was to be ambitious, to be in the, in the priesthood to, for himself and his family. And then he was touched by the, the poverty of the people in Paris uh, and in France during his time and really changed his life. Uh, and he turned from that ambitious kind of way to saying, no, my life has to be about service, servicing people who are most in need. And that changed his life. And then uh, many began to follow him and his example, both priest. Um, lay women, uh, Ladies of Charity are one of the first organizations he founded, the Confraternity of Charity, which is now the St. Vincent de Paul Society, or at least somewhat like the St. Vincent de Paul Society, uh, and uh, ourselves, the Congregation of the Mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so began to follow him and to, uh, to follow his example. But he was very big about that we can't do this alone. we got to do this together. So I love the name of our community, Congregation of the Mission, because we can only do mission together. We right. can only do mission. When we're, and, and Vincent was about bringing men and women of all walks of life together to address the greatest needs of poverty, not ju- just direct service, but also change the systems that keep people poor. Mm, okay. That is something that uh, I've 
certainly learning for the first time. Now, there are people who are familiar with the name St. Vincent de Paul, yes. and they may identify it with St. Vincent de Paul Parish near right. Interstate 44, right. uh, the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, which you've mentioned, and their local thrift stores. That's right. definitely what came to mind for me. How is the Congregation of the Mission Western Province mm-hmm. Related to those? We are all under the umbrella of what we call the Vincentian family. Um, we have great collaborations with, uh, like, the society. For instance, the new uh, national president elect, John Barry, uh, will be coming to this dedication, coming from Atlanta. Oh. So our, our collaborations with them are, are very close. The Ladies of Charity. Um, so all, all of us see ourselves as a part of a family, and we work hard to, to work together and to be in partnership with one another. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take it back to the arrival in St. Louis. Yes. You know, the Vincentians have those roots that go back you know, like over 200 years. Yes. Why did they come to St. Louis then? Good question. Uh, the... Um, when they came from Italy, uh, Rosati, Father Rosati at the time, and Felix D'Andreas, um, they were offered a place to stay in Perryville, Missouri. They were offered land. They were offered a place to begin their mission. Um, and Bishop de Berg uh, was the bishop of what was, you know, Louisiana Purchase, you know, the Louisiana, I call it Louisiana Territory. And he, and, you know, he uh, also invited them to come. And then it was from there that we came to uh, do uh, training for priests in this area. Um, and then we came to St. Louis. If you look, if you go to the old uh, uh, the old cathedral. There's a plaque about the first novitiate mm-hmm. here in the United States. Uh, our, our novitiate was done there. And then, you know, we taught at Kenrick and Glennon uh, for over 175 years. Okay. So when you talk about the old cathedral, right. are we talking about the one that's right here on Lindell? It's the, no, that's the new cathedral. The old okay. cathedral is under the arch, ah. and um, it's right on the river. Mm-hmm. And Bishop Rosati is buried under the altar there, and he built that that cathedral, mm-hmm. and that was the first cathedral. So, and the first, if you say novitiate, the novitiate is the beginning course for mm-hmm. people wanting to be Vincentian priests or brothers. Okay, like novice. That's it. Right. So. When uh, when they first arrived, you'd mentioned Perryville. Yes. Now, for about 25 years and up till about 2021, the Vincentian headquarters was actually in Earth City, Earth which City. is about a half hour from here. Right. Why was it there, and why did it move back to St. Louis? Because it was here originally, right? It was. Yeah. Um, we moved uh, the headquarters to Earth City about 26 years ago. Um, and it had to do, if I understand, because uh, I wasn't in leadership then, mm-hmm. but uh, space and, you know, proper, because we were growing. But when I became provincial three years ago, uh, our priorities was, the first priority was mission effectiveness, mission advancement. And that was our first priority. And you can only really be effective and advance your mission when you're visible, available, and engaged. Mm-hmm. So the decision was we need to come back into the city to be neighbors in the city. We also saw the great need in the city 
you know, um, for Vincentians, you know, the, the poor are at our heart and the poor are found in urban areas. So we needed to be closer to the poor. Um, but also we wanted to collaborate with other partners in religious in religious circles and nonprofit circles. Mm -hmm. And so we've been uh, on Forest Park now in the Midtown area now for two years, and we have seen a great increase in just relationships and building relationships. You know, if, again, when you talk about advancing mission, the heart of it is relationships mm -hmm. and getting to know people. Right. Now, this brings us to the new Vincentian yes. Mission House that will be dedicated this Saturday. Yes. Tell us about the house and what it is meant to be used for. Yes. Um, the house is, um, like you said, it's off of 44 and Grand on, on Lafayette. It's, it's actually next door to the old Loretta College, which is now the Dominican Priory. Okay. And so our second uh, priority was our what we call formation program or our training program for priests and brothers. Mm -hmm. We made a decision to make that a priority in terms of both recruitment and good education and formation. And so um, one afternoon, uh, Father Mark Wiedek, who's the president, uh, Dominican president of Aquinas, called me and said, you have to look at the house next door. It's the old governor's mansion, mm -hmm. and it's for sale. And it, that's how it began. And what I'm really proud of is many supporters came to help us purchase that house and many supporters came to help us renew that house. That house is there for, number one, to be a place of discernment and recruitment for men who are interested in vocation to the Vincentian life. Mm -hmm. It should be a place of hospitality and welcome. It should be a place that really idealizes all of our values. And then it is a place where men will learn uh, both in terms of uh, theology and their and the Vincentian way of life there. Our students, our Vincentian students that live there, will go to Aquinas Institute mm -hmm. with their neighboring brothers next door. Mm, okay. okay. The other part of this house, having it here in St. Louis, was uh, the decision that we needed to come back to our ancestral home. Mm -hmm. We are very close to Perryville. It's only about less than a, about an hour and a half away, and that's where many of our elders are who have great wisdom and love for their church and love for God and love for and we wanted our young our younger members to get to know them we also in that neighborhood we there's great proximity to people who are economically challenged we also it's a neighborhood that is greatly diverse also was a decision to be committed to St. Louis, to the revival of St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis is a great city with a great history. We're a part of that history. And so the decision, that building, which is the old, I, the old governor's mansion, as right. I, uh, was was abandoned for, I, I think, 20, 30 years. No one's lived in it. Mm -hmm. And so it has been revised, uh, revived and I think, like ourselves, the Dominicans took the Loretto College, which was also empty for years, and took an old structure and made it new. We're taking an old structure and making it new. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's – so the hope is that we will be able to form, you know, uh, invite invite people to get to know us and also to form people in our way of life. Yeah. So what will it be like to live there then, you know, for the seven or so clergy in yeah. training yeah. who choose to do so? Yes. Well, they uh, besides going to school, 
uh, school and, and is important. Um, they will also have a life of prayer. Uh, you know, so praying uh, morning prayer, mass, and evening prayer every night, uh, common meditation, which is a part of our tradition that we come together in silence and pray. Um, pray the miraculous metal novena is a part of our tradition. So that we will it, we will steep them in our traditions. Mm-hmm. But also another very important part is they will be uh, in apostolic service to the wider community. For Vincentians, yes, we pray. But we serve. Mm-hmm. You know, we are missionaries. Where you know, the streets, as Vincent said to the daughters of charity, who are our sisters, the streets are our monasteries. The streets are our church. Yeah. So that's so their their way of life would be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's also steeped in the sense of community and common life. So uh, there are different approaches to immersion. It is, mm-hmm. and it, it also forms uh, uh, men in a specific charism and uh, a specific mission. You know, the, our Dominican brothers are very close to us, and, uh, uh, you know, they're what they call part of the Mandican group of orders. So they're a little more contemplative in their prayer than we are, and, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a, a different approaches to serve the same mission. That's because we share their building. We share, you know, we're with them oh, in Aquinas. Our office is on the ground floor of Aquinas Institute. And what I've come to learn in two years, you know, yes, we have different ways of approaching. We dress differently. We look differently. Mm-hmm. But we love the same thing. And we love the people we serve. And we are brothers in mission, no matter, you know, whatever our charism yeah. is. Now, speaking of formation, how is it that you make the case to a young person mm-hmm about becoming a, a Vincentian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the, um, first of all, if the, you know, and I've done formation work in my past, uh, um, you find, you've, you'll find young men who, first of all, are interested in serving people. And they're interested in serving people not for themselves. They're interested in serving people uh, in a very selfless way for them, you know. And so, um, you know, I think the case we can make is you could do this and enjoy this and you don't have to be alone. You know, you'll you'll have companions to work with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have companions who will value what you value. You'll have companions that you can live with and you can play with and enjoy. And I think the attraction for us is that uh, we, are, we are about serving the poor in the community. We live a common life and there's a simplicity about our life, you know. And I think in this day and age, young people are looking and hungry for that. Um, and again, t- that you're, you're not out there by yourself. And, and, and you'll have the experience of being together makes an impact. What I've, you know, I've been at Vincentian for about 47 years. And I've lo- enjoyed the fact that I can make an impact greater than I can by myself with the community. Like, it's, this is not about me. This is, you know, and that, that brings great joy and satisfaction. We need to take a quick break, sure. but we'll Thanks, be back Elaine. shortly to continue this conversation with Father Patrick McDevitt. Is there anything about this conversation that resonates with you? If you have a question or comment about this topic, give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpr.org. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio. Thank you.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. Now back to our conversation with Father Patrick McDevitt. He is the Provincial Superior for the Congregation of the Mission Western Province, known more commonly as the Vincentians. We're talking today about that community and how the dedication of a new mission house near the intersection of Interstate 44 and Grand in St. Louis reflects past and present commitments to Vincentian values as well as larger church needs. Father, you talked several times about serving poor people and marginalized communities. What does that look like um, in the work that you and the Vincentians do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, our missions um, are always uh, first and foremost about those who are most in need. Um, so here in St. Louis, for instance, uh, St. Vincent's Parish uh, in St. Louis, which is, which by the way, we now uh, serve St. Pius V as well as mm-hmm. part of the All Things New, uh, is about direct service. Secondly, about doing what we can to um, systemically bring change to people who are faced with poverty, and also uh, inspiring and helping others who can to serve the poor. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, at St. Catherine Labouret in, Sa- in Sappington, um, they, this is a parish, they always say we're a parish f- f- uh, for and with the poor. Even though their economic needs are better, they're very supportive to St. Vincent's Parish in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They're very supportive to uh, our mission in Kenya. So we we cultivate partners of means. Like, for instance, St. Vincent de Paul uh, worked with the Ladies of Charity with were all women of means, women who had economic support. And he worked with them to help with their resources to serve the poor. Mm-hmm. So that's what our mission looks like. So another part of our mission would be to, if you will, form and educate people uh, uh, for for service to the poor, which means to give them an ability to reflect on their experience of serving the poor. Uh, also, um, to uh, tie that experience to Catholic social teaching, and then to help them uh, understand uh, their obligation of advocacy for justice. So that's kind of the formation that we would do with people who partner with us. Again, we don't do anything alone. Mm-hmm. And we don't do just with ourselves as priests and brothers. We work with as many people as possible. So again, Vincent was very strong about you have to know poor people. You've got to be in relationship with them. It's not a it's not a head thing. It's really yeah. a heart and spirit thing. Mm-hmm. And then work with people who are also interested in serving the poor and give them a formation to give meaning to that. So that's how I would I would uh, you know summarize mm-hmm. it. And can you provide an example of how you know di- direct service? through relationship is is done sort of in a day-to-day mm-hmm. sort mm-hmm. of situation? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all of this would be in any of our missions, um, but I would just use, because it's local, St. Vincent's Parish here in St. Louis, um, and, um, and I would include St. Pius as well. Uh, but St. Vincent's does, uh, they have meals every day for people, and then at the end, uh, the end of the month and the beginning of the month, they have dinner. 
Uh, they also help people in terms of any other kind of people, especially on the streets, but at, you know, but people who may have utility concerns. But again, much of it has been done is being done by volunteers. Mm-hmm. People, you know, uh, say Pius does, works with the uh, does a lot with the immigrant community, and again. You know, in this day and age, people who are refugees and immigrants are, you know, some of the most needy people we have. So these communities have direct service. And again, it's not just us as priests and brothers doing it, but it's uh, other partners. So Mm -hmm. that's an example. Yeah. And how is it that you know that you are doing good work, you know, that it's working? (laughs) Mm. Uh, That's (laughs) it's. well, first and foremost is it's it, at least in my own experience. I'm just make it very personal. Uh, when you know you've touched somebody's heart, um, that they know that they matter and that they're loved, um, that tells me it's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even people who may not come out of poverty, but if you know, again, that's always the dream and the hope. But what's the greater value is they come out feeling loved, mm-hmm. loved by me, by, loved by the people they serve, but also ultimately loved by God. Mm-hmm. That's how you know it's working. And I have countless personal experiences of people who um, just have felt the love of God in their hearts. And then it's always I feel loved in that moment, too, mm-hmm. because it, for Vincent de Paul, he says, you know, we need to be, he says, evangelized by the poor, which means you need to be loved and changed by the poor. So when I'm being changed by poor people, I know it's working, mm-hmm. you know. But again, we also want to, you know, I'm also, I, I taught, you know, I taught statistics at DePaul, so I like numbers, too. And, you know, and Vincent de Paul was also, you know, a, if you will, a good leader, a good business person. So we want to see how we're making impact as well. But we could be making tons of impact, but if people are not feeling love, which is the first priority, mm-hmm. then then maybe something is amiss. Yeah, yeah. but that's the first. If mm-hmm. they're and you know it. You know it when you f- see it and you know Again, it, uh, since the 17th century, this charism has been alive. And most Catholics and even non-Catholics, the name Vincent de Paul is probably one of the most well-known saints mm-hmm. because of that. Right. Now, charism, mm. does this then get to community? Because Vincentians mm. are considered a community rather right. than an order. Right. But in many respects, you'd operate you know, right. in, in similar fashion as the the Jesuits and the mm-hmm. Franciscans. Mm-hmm. What is it then that distinguishes Vincentians from other Catholic orders, especially mm-hmm. in a place like St. Louis right. where right. there seem to right. be quite a few right. of them? We, uh, as you know, any of us, um, and even Catholic, non-Catholic, and even non-believers, I believe we have more in common than we have different, okay? But um, our 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 dif- differences and our diversity is also our strength. And so uh, I think for us, when I say our charism, our way of being, our way of being with each other, our way of being with the poor and the laity uh, is, a, if you will, a unique style. Again, um, we are, have similarities with both the Dominicans and the Jesuits because they too believe that systemic change through education lifts people up. Um, I think um, for us, again, uh, at the end of the day, the mission is our top priority. 
and you know, I'm not saying that that's not for the Jesuits or the Dominican or other orders, but our approach to it is different. One of one of the things that people have told me um, about Vincentians, which I love, is they I've people have said, you know, you you're you're kind of the ordinary priest of the church, <laughs> okay. and I love that. And I'm not saying you know, but I think that does capture who we are. Mm-hmm. There's an ordinariness about us, and people who know us, there's they feel comfortable with us. Um, and, you know, I grew up with the Vincentians, so I, you know, but I'm not, you know, so there's a, there's an earthiness about us. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> sure. uh, and that's, uh, as you know, every gift has its challenge, you know, mm-hmm. so, but um, I, um, I, we, but we identify first and foremost with brothers and sisters who are poor. Right. That's our first. Now, back in January... We spoke with a young priest, uh, Reverend Andrew Auer, mm-hmm. who grew up in the St. Louis region mm-hmm. and then served in Ellisville, mm-hmm. St. Louis County, and he has since been appointed to the Diocese of Jefferson City. Now, when I spoke with him then, Father Auer mentioned a shortage of clergy, yes. and I've, I've scribbled down these notes, you know, diversity, companionship, mm. um, ordinariness. When it comes to what is happening with numbers mm. of clergy, um uh, how do you think it is that Vincentians in particular can recruit people to mm-hmm. become priests? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think um, the, the 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 way we approach service is one. Um, one um, um, one gentleman who um, who may be listening, uh, <laughs> who I said to him I said you know we're we're a, we're a band of country boys and even though I'm a Chicago boy country boys because again Vincent was very much about the rural poor mm-hmm. um, if this is a place where you can find a place and uh, we're very we, you know we're very diverse and we're international uh, and I think that there's a place for everyone in this and with every style um, but another you know one of our present seminarians I when I spoke with him some time ago before he entered uh, I said I said to him if you want to be a, a leader and, and really make change in the church be a priest mm-hmm. be a brother um, because again in my I have learned in this role as priest I can affect change in the church and in society because of my role and that's exciting mm-hmm. so and what is the need currently for Catholic clergy and, and what is your take on the shortage mm-hmm. the need is great um, and it's 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 not just to celebrate the sacraments of Eucharist and confession and and the others but it is great to be a presence in the midst of the people in the community um, as a priest um, my role is yes definitely to celebrate the sacraments and be there for people but I also know it's important for me to walk with people and be, that's why we're in St. Louis again because we want to be present that that's really important so the need is great uh, and we're aging um, and and yet you know there's a 
a real need for people to hear good news and to be comforted and be lifted, no matter what their faith is. I mean, as a, as a, as a Catholic priest and as a Vincentian, my mission is to all the people, all the people. Mm-hmm. Um, the shortage, uh, you know, there's a lot of variables that go with the shortage. It's, you know, it is about, you know, you see it in the economics changes in countries, you know, even now countries that have had high numbers are now changing because of economic People have more options. But unfortunately, you know, the scandals and the sexual abuse scandals, I think, had not rocked the church, but rocked people's confidence. And that's very sad. Um, and sometimes we have to kind of work, we definitely have to work through that. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, again, I, or sometimes it's been my experience that young, young men don't see that as an option. But I have asked people, and then they have taken up, you know, why don't you think about this? Mm-hmm. And also faith communities, churches need to encourage their, you know, their young people to serve, their young people to be religious. And as we know, the number of young younger people being a part of a religious uh, community is less and less. And that's another, another factor. Mm-hmm. So. so what are you hoping to see just in this last minute? Um, with the opening of this new mission house, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what will make you feel like this was the right time to do it? Thank you. Uh, I um, that we will that we'll, you'll see the church alive there. We have we have three bishops coming. We have three other provincials coming. There'll be Dominican students. There'll be our students. There'll be a mix of some diocesan priests. So the church will be present. So this is not just about us. We ha- we're going to have the mass outside under a tent. So we hope people from the neighborhood would come. Um, I want. I'm hoping that there is this energy about a new beginning, a positive beginning, uh, about looking at this house as a place where anybody can come. This is, this is, this is a place that does mission, and, and places that do mission welcome people and have hospitality. So this event should be about energy, but also it shows our strong ties to the Archdiocese of St. Louis, our strong ties to Belleville Diocese. And, and the Jesuits and the Dominicans and the Franciscans here. Father Patrick McDevitt is the Provincial Supervised Superior for the Congregation of the Mission Western Province, more commonly known as the Vincentians. The Vincentians dedicate a new mission house near the intersection of Interstate 44 and Grand this Saturday. Father, thank you for talking with us today. Thank you. This episode was produced by our executive producer, Alex Hoyer. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.